0: So yesterday was a two-episode day, so if you did not notice that, be sure to uh, get yourself all caught up because the offense is done. Um, This is actually proving to be a pretty difficult exercise, a lot more so than I thought. Quarterbacks was easy because we know who the quarterbacks are, but now even as I sit down planning to do defensive line, man, it's tough because you got to remove the people that weren't here last year, you got to add the new additions, both of those things PFF is no help for. I mean, they are, but if you look at last year's grades, it's not going to help you. And then you go over to our lads to get an updated thing, and our lads is kind of weird with where they put certain people in certain positions. For example, Rashawn Gary and Zadarius Smith are defensive linemen in their, you know, world. Which, I don't know, maybe Zadarius is primarily going to be a defensive end. I, I wouldn't super doubt that, just as far as putting the best 11 on the field. That way you can have Preston and Gary and Zadarius on the field at the same time, I would buy that, but having Gary and Zedarius as defensive lineman with Preston Smith and, and uh, Kyler Fackrell as your starting outside linebackers, no. Rashawn Gary is going to be an outside linebacker. There's zero... To... As a matter of fact, I keep hearing all this stuff about how he's a better interior rusher. I don't buy that for a second. I've... I have never seen him perform better on the inside than the outside. When he's on the outside, you get to see his speed. The speed to power is one of his biggest assets in my mind. You can't build up speed on the inside. So he's kind of useless as far as speed to power. Having that ability to be off, build up speed and then he sticks his one arm right into the, the tackle's chest and you watch that guy just lunge straight backward and he pushes him straight into the corner. That that's his best asset. Getting around him, getting inside him, just he needs space to operate. I don't think I've ever really seen him perform well on the interior. He can't hold a block. I just don't think he's strong enough. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to be bad. I, he's going to perform on the inside, I think it'll be all right. But to say he's a better interior rusher than an exterior rusher is crazy to me. You're going to have to show me a game in college where he was better inside than outside because I have never seen that. I mean, it kind of made sense to me, you know, if if, if just based on the what everybody says about him, he's big and he's strong and he's got quickness, but he just doesn't quite have that, you know, thing on the outside. I mean, you can't say he's not fast enough because clearly he is but maybe he's not bendy enough, whatever. It just, your mind automatically goes to, well, maybe he'll operate better on the inside. He's strong enough to handle it because he's big and strong, like it has been said. He's quick so he can shoot gaps and he, you know, he's a little, you know, the, the the speed is harder for the interior offensive lineman to handle than the offensive tackle when that's kind of their job. Maybe interior is better. So on paper, when you listen to the scouting reports, it sounds like it, but when you watch him, I don't know what in the world people are seeing when they say he's better on the inside than the outside. I can't sit here and say I've seen every single one of his games, but I like watching him on the outside, and when he's inside, it's just like, yeah, He can't do anything. He needs space. He needs to be able to, to move and operate, and, and even when he's trying to, to strong-arm somebody, he does better against tackles than guards and centers because guards and centers are less mobile, more strong, short, beefy. Right? They can handle that portion of Rashawn Gary's game better than tackles can. So, I don't know. Anyways... Thought I'd get that off my chest because I've been hanging on to that one for a while. But no, it's, it's, it's difficult to figure out who goes where. right? For the Vikings, Jalen Holmes, they have him as a defensive tackle. If you go on Google, they say defensive tackle. If you go to PFF, they call him an edge rusher. I, you know, shouldn't be that hard to know where somebody goes. Apparently it is hard. But again, bear with me. I'm going to do my best. I promise you I'm doing my due diligence to try to figure out what's going on. But nobody can give me a straight answer on some of these guys, so it is what it is. But today we are doing defensive tackles, defensive interior, I should say. I could just do defensive line, but I don't want to because that's even harder to do, right? You're just adding another layer, and then beyond that, even though four or three teams kind of just have that line, I think there's more of a separation for the three, four teams because the defensive line is the interior guys and the outside guys, the edge guys are linebackers. So we're doing interior, and again, the exercise is kind of just to break it down from the standpoint of this is where everybody's at, as far as I can tell, and who do I think is in the best situation. I actually think this is maybe one of the biggest strengths across the NFC North. I mean, this is an area where if you were to say the NFC North needs to put its best foot forward in comparison to the rest of the league, you might be looking at defensive interior. I've talked about how Mike Pettin um, is really trying to strengthen that front, including the edge rushers, and I think all of the NFC North, I mean, the, the Vikings kind of led the way there. The Bears have been slowly building there, and then they just, you know, dropped Khalil Mack in the mix, and it just kind of exploded everything. And then the Lions, when they went out and got Patricia, clearly there was a concerted effort. I mean, they they had been building. Patricia just came in and, and really dropped it, right? We're going to go out and get uh, Snacks Harrison. We're going to get uh, Trey, and same with the Packers. They've been building. They already had Mike, but for a long time, that was it. Right? When it was Ted Thompson and Dom Capers, it was like Mike Daniels was the guy, and that was kind of it, and that's all it's going to be. Then we draft Kenny Clark, and it's like, oh, cool, we got two. And then since then, it's just kind of exploded with the amount of people that have been added, especially on the edge, but also along the interior, including this year drafting Kingsley Kiki when everybody kind of assumes, all right, I think we're set there. Uh, Brian Gutekunst says, nah, never quite set. I don't think I've seen – so. That, that's kind of the biggest question, is when is enough enough, because teams that have – a stacked defensive line, just keep on adding. So I, I, I would say the Vikings are the one team that, even though they led the way, it's kind of eroding a bit. But anyways, um, preliminaries. I got the, the link there. Click that. It'll take you to my link full of links. Lots of ways to support the podcast. Most importantly, a five-star iTunes review would be greatly appreciated. Again, make sure what you're leaving a podcast rating and review for has a black Pack Daddy logo The name of it is Packernet Podcast Green Bay Packers, and then underneath it it says Overtime Media. The only reason I bring that up, I would say 50%, probably maybe even more, listen to the podcast aggregator, and a lot of people leave reviews over there for my podcast, and that doesn't help my podcast at all. So if you left a review for custom Green Bay Packers talk radio podcast, that's the wrong one. It's fine. Leave them a rating and review. Just maybe jump over by me, and then leave me one. That'd be cool, too. Anyways, let's take our break and kind of jump in a little bit. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. So I think the best way to kind of simplify this would be to look at the starting defensive interior and then look beyond that as depth. We'll see how that goes, but that's sort of the plan. Again, just to kind of simplify it, because if we go through and say, okay, here's this team's seven defensive linemen and this team's seven and treat them all as equal because, well, they rotate and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. It's just going to be too much. So I want to look at the big guys, the top two, top three, depending on the team, even though Packers top two is probably going to be sufficient in and of itself because, you know, when you're running nickel and dime or whatever, it's a four-man front, whatever. Again, it's going to be complicated. I'm just going to do my best to simplify this. So obviously for the Green Bay Packers, we're talking primarily about Mike Daniels and Kenny Clark. Now again, if you look at our lads, the way they have this set up, the other third defensive lineman is Zadarius Smith. Maybe that's the case. Again, I don't hate that. And then they have the the secondary as Dean Lowry, Kingsley Kiki. Again, I'm on board. They have Rashawn Gary as a backup defensive end. Our number 12 overall pick, backup defensive end. No, man, sorry. So Mike Daniels, Kenny Clark, and then you could say either Zadarius or Dean Lowry. I'm probably just going to put Dean Lowry there. Backups, maybe I would put Zadarius because he's kind of like a primary outside linebacker, secondarily, you know, defensive end. So I'd put maybe Zadarius there, then Kingsley Kiki, then, I don't know, Montravius probably. Minnesota Vikings, obviously the big man up front is Linval Joseph. The big change, however, is that Sheldon Richardson, another big man, talented guy, is gone. Shamar Steffen is going to be stepping up as the guy opposite Linval Joseph or next to Linval Joseph. Um, that's a pretty sizable downgrade and his path was he's kind of a longtime Viking. Uh, last year, left the Vikings, went to Seattle, and then is back again. Behind them, and again, there's some debate on this, but our lads, which is what I'm going to lean on a little bit, it says Jaleel Johnson and Jalen Holmes are the backups there, and then, you know, on and on and on. As for the Chicago Bears, and I think this is relatively solidified, um, Eddie Goldman is a big guy up front, right in the middle. Hakeem Hicks is the, uh, the scary one. And then Bilal Nichols is... Sort of our Dean Lowry. He's the number three. He's there. He's all right, but whatever. And then the three backups behind them, and they have uh, eight guys behind them, but I'm just going to list the next three that they have listed. Again, if it's wrong, let me know. Nicholas Williams, Abdullah Anderson, and Jonathan Bullard. And then finally for uh, Detroit, which again, this is kind of tricky because you got a guy like Deshaun Hand, who I believe is sort of an outside inside guy, but they have him listed primarily right now as a defensive end. But starting defensive tackles, uh, Damon Harrison and Ashawn Robinson, really, really solid group, primarily as run-stoppers, as I've said, but it is what it is. Behind them, they have John Atkins, P.J. Johnson, and then uh, the other three guys, Darius Kilgo, Ray Smith, and Kevin Strong Jr. Interestingly enough, as much as I've been saying defensive tackle is important, Kingsley Kiki in the fifth round is the earliest addition anybody in the NFC North added a defensive tackle in the draft. Obviously, Rashawn Gary was first round if you want to go that route, but I'm not going to, as I said. So not a lot of huge additions by way of the draft. Presumably nobody's going to be starting. Probably one or two are going to be rotating. Kingsley will be in there, which another weird thing, PFF has him as an edge rusher. I don't know. People are weird. I know he's going to be outside sometimes, but I'm just saying. Why would you have Gary on the inside and King, I don't know, whatever. Uh, Minnesota with Armin Watts in the sixth round. Might have a decent shot just because outside of Linval, it's kind of you know up in the air. Otherwise, uh, Detroit got P.J. Johnson in the seventh round, so probably can't expect a huge amount from them. But anyways, let's start as we did yesterday with the grades. I'm going to try to do my best to remember to add um, any of the new additions, but the big guys right out of the gate, they've got uh, six guys, three guys that are elite, six that are kind of borderline elite. In order, and this is overall, we'll get into specifics, but in order, Damon Harrison, number one, Snacks. Number two is Akeem Hicks. Number three is Kenny Clark. Number four is A'shaun Robinson. Number five is Eddie Goldman. Number six is Deshaun Hand. So that's three Detroit Lions, two Chicago Bears, and one Green Bay Packer. So automatically, I know people are upset, including the Packers fans and Vikings fans who say that's nonsense. The Vikings' Linval Joseph should be up in the top five easily. And Packer fans are going to say, Kenny Clark should be number one, and where's Mike Daniels? Well, Linval Joseph is graded 10th. And again, this is just last year. This isn't overall career stats, any of that stuff. We're just looking at last year. And again, remember, we're just looking at overall defense. That includes pass rush, tackling, run defense, and coverage. Uh, Mike Daniels came out at 14th overall, still in the good category. So to kind of put this into perspective, for the Packers, that's going to be Kenny Clark with an elite grade Dean Lowry and uh, Mike Daniels with good grades. For the Vikings, Linval Joseph was graded as good. Shamar Stefan was average. If he was on this list, which he's not, but I can automatically add him, he would be about the fourth worst defensive lineman on this group. Nick Williams, Jaleel Johnson, and Kerry Heider are the only three that had worse overall grades than Shamar Stefan. For the Bears, Akeem Hicks was elite. Uh, Eddie Goldman was borderline elite. And then Bilal Nichols was graded out as good. And uh, the Detroit Lions, as far as overall goes, clearly had the best duo with Damon Harrison being number one and uh, A'shaun Robinson being number four, both of them basically elite. Pretty solid. Now here's the... Let me just skip because I want to make something real clear. The most important aspect, and it's the least capable... What am I trying to say? Most important thing is pass rushing. And that's not reflective in many of these people. Most of these guys are run stoppers. So actually, let me, let me just do it this way. We'll do run defense next. Uh, five elite players here as far as run defending. Number one, Snacks Harrison. Number two, Akeem Hicks. Number three, Sean Robinson. Number four, Kenny Clark. Number five, Eddie Goldman. After that, it's a pretty big drop. So from that five went from 93 down to about 90. The next best is Deshaun Hand at 80, so it's about a 10-point drop. So then you got Deshaun Hand, Dean Lowry, Linval Joseph, Bilal Nichols. uh, uh, Let's see, just trying to do starters for the most part. That's pretty much it. Mike Daniels is down here at just about average, 61. That was definitely his biggest problem is that although he was doing fairly well still as a pass rusher and we'll get to the numbers and the grades and all that uh his run defense was just kind of trash last year um lastly we'll look at well we'll we'll do tackling and coverage because who cares about coverage tackling is pretty important and then we'll look at pass rush which is the most important but tackling again damon harrison is the top dog so he's he's just a big dude i mean he just he's he's not gonna let you get through there but damon harrison uh belial nichols deshaun hand and i forgot to add uh Shamar in the group. Shamar's run defense was average. His tackling is also average. But anyways, that's pretty much it for the standout tacklers. Green Bay Packers in general, not very good. I think we kind of know that too. When you watched last year, it was very frustrating to see because two years ago, the Packers run defense was kind of on point. This past year, the biggest problem was just sloppiness. And so you see Dean Lowry really low. Montrevious was low. Mike Daniels was low. Um, a couple others in the group that are below average, Eddie Goldman from the Bears, uh, Jonathan Bullard. Bullard was actually the worst, and that was about it. And then finally, the the least important before we get to pass rush coverage, the, some people do have to do this. The only one that really stands out is, um, well, it, it it doesn't matter. I'm not even going to talk about it, because as I look at it, um, the only person that did it with any regularity hilariously, Kenny Clark. And he was really bad at it. (laughs) I'm guessing pretty much all of them would have really bad grades if they did it with any regularity. But the second highest um, number of of plays in coverage was Akeem Hicks with four. Behind him, you had a group of people with two. So it's, it's mostly zeros. Four guys, Mike Daniels, Tom Johnson, Damon Harrison, Dean Lowry, did it once. Uh, three guys: Sheldon Richardson, Roy Robertson, Harris, and Tyler Lancaster did it twice. Hakeem Hicks was in coverage four times. Take a minute and guess how many times Kenny Clark dropped into coverage. Twenty-two times. I, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't get that so much. I mean, I. Well, here would be my one thought: Offensive lines are dedicating a lot of double teams to Kenny Clark. What happens to your offensive line when you dedicate two people to a guy that's suddenly not there anymore? Now. On its face, it's a little silly, but when you think about it in those terms, it kind of makes sense, because suddenly you're creating a mismatch, because you've got two guys, and I'm not saying they're just going to stand there and go, well, I don't know, my guy's running backwards that way, I don't know what to do. They'll try to find someone else to grab, and they'll lock onto somebody else, but it creates a problem. So from that standpoint, I kind of get it, but it's really weird to have your best uh, pass rushing defensive tackle, one of the best pass rushers on your team, in coverage 22 times. But I guess, in reality, we're talking about less than twice a game, so it's not that big of a deal. But let's talk about what really matters, and that's pass rush. First of all, guys that are below average, nobody was really terrible. right? So 50s I call below average. Once you get 40s and below, we're starting to talk pretty ugly. Nobody was below 50. Of the guys with somewhat significant snaps, um, Tom Johnson, uh, Jaleel Johnson, I know these guys aren't starters, but we're talking 300, 200 snaps, Jonathan Bullard, um, Kerry Hyder. Sylvester Williams not surprisingly not necessarily the top guys because if you were you know you want pass rushers to be your top guys the ones that stand out not including the top guy the ones that have a good pass rush grade Eddie Goldman Damon Harrison John Atkins Mike Daniels Akeem Hicks Deshaun Hand that's in reverse order meaning the last one Deshaun Hand had the highest grade now, the one that stands stands out is the only one that not only has a very good grade, but is borderline elite, and that is Mr. Kenny Clark of the Green Bay Packers. If we look, moving on to stats now, one of the things I always talk about is pressure percentage. Really what you got are a bunch of people at 10%, a bunch at 9, 8, 7, whatever. Just a handful, though. So I've exported a lot of this to Excel just so I can kind of look at it, because it's getting kind of hard to do this on the fly. I've got 149 interior defenders. Only 13 are above 10%. Two of those 13 are Green Bay Packers. No other people in the NFC North. Zero players outside of the Packers are in that top 13 above 10%. Kenny Clark is 10th overall. He's actually tied at 11%. So there's five guys. Um... Got Cam Hayward, Sheldon Richardson, Sheldon Day, Kenny Clark, and Grady Jarrett all at 11%. You've got Malik Jackson at 12%, and then you've got uh, Geno Atkins, Matt Ioannidis at 13%. Mike Daniels and Chris Jones are at 14%, and then you got Fletcher Cox at 16%, Aaron Donald at 18% because they're freaks. So it's this kind of thing that is why I had said you know maybe a month or so ago that I think the Packers pass rush should be better than any other team in the NFC North. Bears fans want to scoff at that because you got Khalil Mack and that's cool. But again, if you just add up the percentages across the line, based on what they did in 2018 and beyond, the Packers just have higher numbers. It's just math. Doesn't mean it's going to happen, but that's where the pass rushers are at. Otherwise, uh, Roy Robertson-Harris is 10%. Akeem Hicks is 10%. uh, He's 22nd overall. And Deshaun Hand is 10%. He's at the bottom of that. Uh, A'shaun Robinson is just one spot below him at 9%. But again, 9% really isn't very good in my opinion. It's just, you know, under 10% is not ideal. Granted, that's what the majority of interior defenders are. But I think teams are looking for 10% or better. And those are the guys. In terms of raw numbers, again, that those are the percentages. That's kind of what more of what matters because whatever. Um, Akeem Hicks did have the most pressures. That was with, you know, 108 more pass rush attempts than Kenny Clark did have. But just in terms of raw numbers, there you go. Uh, He did have the most sacks. He had eight. Kenny Clark was six. Tom Johnson is actually pretty impressive with five, but only 222 attempts. Uh, Sheldon Richardson, who's gone, had five. Other than that, it's just kind of a four and less. Who cares? Uh, the next thing, and I've actually never done this before, I've talked about run stops, which is a pretty cool metric because it's, it's kind of like tackles, but it's tackles that matter, right? Tackles that constitute a loss for the offense is how they define it. So as I've said, it's less than four yards on first down. I forget what it is on second down, but third and fourth down is, you know, not a first down. So impactful tackles. You stop them from doing a good thing. So the total number is cool, but I don't think I've ever taken a percentage before, and what I've done is I've got the entire NFL here and uh, all the defensive interior guys stripped out anybody that has less than 50 um, plays on uh, running downs, which I had to look it up because I thought, well, technically a sack is on a passing down, and that should be a stop, but I don't think that's what they're counting. I believe these are on running downs. So anyways, not surprisingly, Mr. Damon Harrison is top of the list, and, and it's the other thing I haven't quite figured out is what percentage is, you know, kind of really good or what you're looking for or whatever. In my mind, I think you want to be maybe above 12%-ish, just based on how this is falling. So we've got uh, 143 guys. 33 of them are 12% and above. 42 are 11 and above, etc., etc. But Damon Harrison, Mr. Snacks Harrison, is actually not top dog. That would be Kerry Wynn of the New York Giants. But still, Damon is at 18%. Now, bear in mind, when you think about pass rush percentage... Every single time they snap the ball and they're going to throw the ball, you have an opportunity to disrupt the play. That's not necessarily the case when you're running the football. If you're a you know nose tackle and they run a sweep to the outside, you're not going to be the one to make that tackle. So if you're making 18% of the stops, and that includes plays in which you don't have the slightest opportunity of making the play, that's pretty crazy. So Kerry Wynn is top dog with 19. Snacks Harrison and Christian Covington of the Houston Texans are at 18. Mr. Akeem Hicks, pretty disruptive guy, is uh, fourth. He's by himself at 17% as far as other NFC North people. Uh, Tyler Lancaster is actually 11th overall. 137 total snaps, so he made it by quite a lot. 14%. Eddie Goldman and Roy Robertson-Harris are right next to each other, uh, 14th and 15th, respectively, both at 13%. Kenny Clark is sitting at 12%. And let's see, Bilal Nichols just made the cut at 12%. That's about it. Some of the people at the bottom of the list, Jaleel Johnson was second from the bottom. 142nd out of 143, only 3%. Uh, Montrevious is sitting at 6%. Dean Lowry is at 8 That's about it. Everybody else is pretty average. And Actually, I didn't have to do that because PFF already does that for me. <laughs> Dang it all. That's all right. Tackling efficiency, not super exciting. But essentially, it's looking at tackles versus missed tackles. Several had no missed tackles. Uh, Blau Nichols, Deshaun Hand, Jaleel Johnson, Snacks Harrison. Some of the not-so-great guys, Jonathan Buller, Dean Lowry, Eddie Goldman, Mike Daniels, Sheldon Richardson, who's gone, Akeem Hicks, etc., etc. So, how in the... Oh, man. Trying to figure out a way to not make the Packers (laughs) the number one team. Am I that bad of a homer? Maybe I am. Maybe I'm just that bad. I thought I was pretty objective, but I just... Every single one I'm doing, it's Packers on top. Here's sort of my thought process. Obviously, you want to lean toward the Bears, but let's just go one-to-one. Would you rather have Eddie Goldman or, or Kenny Clark? That should be as straightforward as you could possibly get. First of all, Kenny Clark is by far the better pass rusher and the best interior pass rusher in the entirety of the NFL. Probably the best interior defensive lineman. Now, if you look at PFF grades, that's not the case, but everybody else really did well with their run defense which Kenny does fine with that as well. Beyond that, if you, I mean, just just have a, a draft right now and you get to pick a defensive lineman. Who are you going to pick? Kenny Clark is like 23 years old. Everybody takes Kenny Clark. Everybody. So, Kenny wins that one. Now, would you rather have Mike Daniels or Akeem Hicks? This is where a lot of people would probably say Akeem Hicks. However, Mike Daniels is a better pass rusher. That's just a matter of fact. Now, Akeem Hicks had better stats, but he played more. If you look on a per-snap basis, per-pass-rush basis, Mike Daniels wiped the floor with him. Mike Daniels was was top five in all of the NFL, way above even Kenny Clark. What did I say? There were three or four guys with a better pass-rush percentage than Mike Daniels? Beyond that, Mike Daniels has been consistently disruptive. Akeem Hicks, and Eddie Goldman is the same thing, by the way, Akeem Hicks has never in his career played like he did last year. If we look at his track record from 2012 to 2018, so he's been in the league for a while too, anyone that wants to say Mike Daniels is old and over the hill, okay, Akeem Hicks has been around since 2012. But you look at it, And I'll cut out the second number, but just to give you an idea 60, 60, 60, 70, 70, 70, and then last year, 91. In that year in which I said the Bears, everybody blew up, and there's bound to be a regression because it's impossible that everybody just becomes elite in one year. I think this is an outlier. I think Akeem Hicks outperformed his abilities, just like Prince of Mukamura, who's been in the league since like, you know, 1904 who's never had a great year in his career, suddenly had a great year. And then, you know, if you want to say Belial Nichols or Dean Lowry and take Belial Nichols, I, I'll grant you that. Belial Nichols was in his first year, and he had a good year. He's younger. He's got more upside. Dean, this might be his last year. I don't know. That's fine. But then let's look at the depth. How about Zadarius Smith, Montravius Adams, Kingsley Kiki? Yeah, I'm cheating a little bit with Zedarius Smith, but he's going to be on the interior. The, Bo- the Bears have Roy Robertson, Harris, and Jonathan Bullard. I just don't even know how I try to play devil's advocate for the Bears in this regard. Akeem Hicks and Eddie Goldman are very, very good. I'm not taking them over Kenny Clark and Mike Daniels. I'm not doing that. So we can say that they're on the same tier, on the top tier, but I'm not putting the Bears ahead of the Packers. I just can't. I want to. I, I legitimately want to do that to prove that I'm not just some kind of homer, but I think that would be dumb. I just don't think that's the right way to look at it. Maybe if you want to factor in injuries, I don't know, or Akeem and Eddie Goldman solid with it. I, I don't know how to twist this into the Bears being better. Better supporting cast? Maybe. But again, if you remove them and switch, would the Bears trade their two for our two? Of course they would. They would take Mike Daniels and Kenny Clark over Akeem Hicks and Eddie Goldman. I believe they would. They Imagine that pass rush. I mean, they wouldn't be happy about losing Akeem Hicks, but they would do it. The Packers would not. The Packers, in a million years, would never give up Mike Daniels and Kenny Clark for Akeem Hicks and Eddie Goldman. Mike Daniels by himself, with somebody else, maybe, but that's a separate story. Has nothing to do with his abilities. It probably has more to do with the fact of his age and his incoming price tag. Beyond that, the reason that I don't put the Detroit Lions up here, and, and you could try to argue, I mean, if you just went PFF grades, Detroit has the best interior defensive line. It's not even close. But again, the problem and the hang-up I have is they're all run defenders. None of them are very good pass rushers. I think I said Deshaun Hand was, was their best. I'm not positive. I don't remember and I don't have it in front of me anymore. The Bears and the Packers have, have better pass rushers. Snacks Harrison is, is maybe the best all-around defensive tackle, but without that ability to rush the passer, nobody cares. It's why New England just gave him up. Or I keep saying that. New England didn't have him. The Giants gave him up. Is it a real good defensive line? Yeah, and does it provide a lot of opportunities? Of course it does because you can go a little lighter as far as, as um, your defensive package it. It really makes it so that you can do a little bit more nickel because you don't have to worry about being light up front when you got guys like that in the middle handling the run. It helps and it helps the guys on the outside just focus on pass rush. It's a good thing but I'm, j- I'm not focusing on the defense, I'm just focusing on these two or three guys. Damon Harrison, Ashawn Robinson, Deshaun Hand, and then, you know, the, the backups behind them, which I don't think, you know, to my knowledge, there's not a whole lot going on here. And then I think dead last would be the Minnesota Vikings, as much as I do respect Linval Joseph, I know he's a very, very good football player. Shamar Stefan is not very good. Jaleel Johnson is not very good. Armin Watts, what did I say, is a sixth round pick. I, I just I, I see it as eroding. Now, one thing that could happen is Linval gets better. I mean, I think he actually underperformed, like a lot of the Vikings did. I think as much as as the the Bears overperformed, and I expect regression, there's several people on that defense that didn't play as well as they have in the past. This was his worst year since 2014. So after 2014, he just blew up. 2015, 16, and 17, he was just an absolute freak. 2018, he's still better than he was from 2010 to 2014, but he, he didn't have that just elite edge. And I again, I think the defense as a whole just kind of lost something. Um, so he could get better, but even so, with who? What? what? So, I don't know. Again, if, if, if I just had the opportunity to take an interior defense and say, okay, which one do you want? I'm taking the Packers. I want the pass rushers. I'm not happy about what they did in run defense last year, but we know in prior years this is a defense that was very good in run defense, comparatively speaking, anyways the tackling was sloppy, all that. It's not good, but we've got, again, a long track record that shows this isn't just who they are, it's who they, what they were last year, which the whole team imploded last year. If I couldn't have the Packers, I would probably, you know, know—I'm not probably, I would take the Bears and I don't think I would be all too upset about it. I don't think I would have lost very much in my mind. In fact, the rationale in my mind would be they're maybe not quite as good of pass rushers, but I think they're more solid football players. You know, it's not a matter of You know, missed tackles and all that stuff. It's not as big of a concern. After that would be the Detroit Lions. Unbelievable talent, but I just, I need more pass rush. Gotta have the cowbell, man. I need more cowbell. Then the Vikings, just a one-man show. That's all there is to it. Linval is a freak. I think he belongs in the conversation with some of the top guys like Akeem Hicks and whatnot, but he's by himself. He's got nobody next to him, you know, looking just at starters and no depth behind the starters. Man, I don't even think I want to do edge next because um, I mean I probably I probably won't have the Packers on top but I just I want I don't know I don't know what to do hey I did say the Packers were dead last in tight ends so burn anyways look you know Packers are going to be pretty high as far as edge rush they're probably going to be a lot lower than everybody thinks in terms of corners so that'll be a good opportunity to upset a bunch of Packers fans although it's still going to be pretty high (laughs) I don't know man whatever I love the Packers I can't help it you don't like it that's fine Send me your thoughts. It's not a big deal. As a matter of fact, um, I'm going to try. I shouldn't even say this because every time I make plans, they don't happen and I just sound dumb. But we've got uh, a Bears podcast and a Vikings podcast just added. I don't think we have a Lions one yet. But um, I'm going to try and see at some point, maybe next weekend, if I can get uh, one or both of those guys on and just kind of get their thoughts on the position group and where they see the NFC North. But anyways, I'm going to leave it at that. Can't believe it's only been a half hour because this has been hours. I just spent so much time trying to organize the stats and everything. But anyways, you folks have yourselves a fantastic rest of your Sunday. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.